This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of hypoparathyroidism from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. Hypoparathyroidism is decreased production of parathyroid hormone, or PTH, by the chief cells of the parathyroid gland, resulting in decreased plasma calcium levels, increased plasma phosphate levels, and decreased 125-dihydroxyvitamin D levels. Again, hypoparathyroidism is decreased production of PTH by chief cells of the parathyroid gland, resulting in decreased plasma calcium levels, increased plasma phosphate levels, and decreased 125-dihydroxyvitamin D levels. The etiology of hypoparathyroidism is iatrogenic, and thyroidectomy is the most common cause. Again, thyroidectomy is the most common cause of hypoparathyroidism. The pathophysiology involves decreased PTH levels, which causes decreased urinary excretion of phosphate at the kidneys, and decreased conversion of the inactive form of vitamin D to the active form. So with respect to decreased urinary excretion of phosphate at the kidneys, the serum phosphate levels increase. Again, with decreased urinary excretion of phosphate at the kidneys, serum phosphate levels increase. With respect to decreased conversion of the inactive form of vitamin D to the active form, 125-dihydroxyvitamin D levels decrease. Again, the decreased conversion of the inactive form of vitamin D to the active form causes 125-hydroxyvitamin D levels to decrease. As far as the prognosis of hypoparathyroidism, there is no current hormone replacement therapy that is available, and treatment is aimed at supplementing vitamin D and calcium levels. As far as the presentation of hypoparathyroidism, symptoms include hypocalcemia. Things that tend to be more common in hypoparathyroidism include neuromuscular irritability, which manifests with Schwastek sign, seizures, and or tetany. Other common findings with hypoparathyroidism include cataracts, fungal infections of the nail, hair loss, and skin changes, specifically vitiligo, and blotchiness of the skin. As far as imaging, a CT scan or radiographs of the skull will show basal ganglia calcification. Again, imaging of the skull will show basal ganglia calcification. As far as other evaluation of hypoparathyroidism, labs will show decreased PTH, decreased calcium, decreased 125 vitamin D, and decreased urinary calcium. Labs will also show increased serum phosphate and normal alkaline phosphatase. As far as pH, alkalosis increases albumin binding to ionized calcium, and this leads to hypocalcemia. An EKG may show a prolonged QT interval in the setting of hypoparathyroidism. Now let's review the differences between hyperparathyroidism, hypoparathyroidism, ectopic PTH, vitamin D malabsorption, and hypovitaminosis D with no phosphate excretion from the kidney, and differentiate these conditions by their serum calcium, serum phosphorus, PTH, and common causes of each of them. So starting with hyperparathyroidism, serum calcium will be high, serum phosphorus will be low, PTH will be high, and the common cause is an adenoma. So again, hyperparathyroidism will have an elevated serum calcium, decreased serum phosphorus, elevated PTH, and the common cause is an adenoma. In the setting of hypoparathyroidism, serum calcium will be low, serum phosphorus will be high, PTH will be low, and the common cause is parathyroidectomy. 
So again, hypoparathyroidism will have a decreased serum calcium, an elevated serum phosphorus, and decreased PTH, with the common cause being parathyroidectomy. In the setting of ectopic PTH, serum calcium will be high, serum phosphorus will be low, and PTH will also be low, and the common cause of ectopic PTH will be malignancy. So again, ectopic PTH will have an increased serum calcium, a decreased serum phosphorus, and a decreased PTH, with the common cause being malignancy. Vitamin D malabsorption will have decreased serum calcium, decreased serum phosphorus, and increased PTH, with common causes including celiac disease and other GI diseases. So again, in vitamin D malabsorption, you will have decreased serum calcium, decreased serum phosphorus, and increased PTH, with common causes being celiac disease and other GI diseases. Finally, in the setting of hypovitaminosis D, with no phosphate excretion from the kidney, serum calcium will be low, serum phosphorus will be high, PTH will be high, and the common cause is renal failure and or pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. So again, in the setting of hypovitaminosis D, with no phosphate excretion from the kidney, serum calcium will be low, serum phosphorus and PTH will be high, and the common cause is renal failure and pseudo-hypoparathyroidism. Treatment of hypoparathyroidism will be non-operative and specifically involves calcium and vitamin D supplementation. This is indicated for decreased serum calcium levels and decreased levels of vitamin D. As far as the outcomes, you must monitor labs on a regular basis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A patient with chronic renal disease would expect which of the following endocrine abnormalities? And the choices are 1. Decreased production of PTH 2. No change in production of PTH 3. Increased production of PTH 4. Increased production of TSH and 5. Decreased production of TSH. The correct answer to this question is 3. Increased production of PTH. So a patient with chronic renal disease would have an increased production of parathyroid hormone. To quickly review, renal osteodystrophy is a pathologic bone condition in patients with underlying kidney disease. The most common endocrine abnormality is increased PTH secretion. Vitamin D, calcium, and phosphate balance is carefully regulated by the kidneys, liver, parathyroid gland, and bone. In patients with kidney disease, calcium is wasted, leading to low serum calcium concentrations. Serum phosphate is increased. In response to this, the parathyroid glands upregulate their production of PTH to affect bones, the GI tract, and the kidney. Renal osteodystrophy can be classified as high and low turnover. High turnover is marked by an increase in PTH secretion and leads to parathyroid gland hyperplasia and elevated levels of PTH, which persists after correction of the kidney disease. This manifests as bone disease and osteitis cystica. Low turnover renal osteodystrophy is more common in the setting of dialysis and proper medical management, leading to lower levels of PTH with characteristic bone lesions marked by low levels of bone formation. Skeletal manifestations include metaphyseal enlargement, frontal bossing, bowing of long bones, and genuvarum. The histology is nonspecific as there are abundant multinucleated giant cells and abundant osteoclast activity in marrow stroma.
That's all for this review about hypoparathyroidism. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.